0: Today we're powering up the pod for Australia's energy policies and getting the lowdown on hydro as we look at Snowy 2.0. We'll be hearing about what is actually being proposed.
2: Uh, let's be clear what this is. Uh, this is
0: not adding new generation capacity to the network. The politics behind Australia's highly charged energy debate.
3: What we've seen unfold over the last few months is a splendid example of the mess that Australia's energy and climate change policy has gotten itself into.
1: And why Snowy Hydro 2.0 could be good news for renewables. Twelve months ago nobody was talking seriously about storage and yet here we have the Prime Minister making an announcement about a major network storage facility. Stay
0: with us. Hello and welcome to Policy Forum Pod Extra, the podcast for those who want to dive deeper into the public policy challenges facing the Asia-Pacific region. I'm Martin Pearce. Today on this special pod extra, we're taking a look at the Australian government's proposal to extend the Snowy Hydro Scheme. Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull has called the plan a game-changing development for Australia's energy market. The original Snowy Hydro Scheme has been described as one of the world's greatest engineering marvels. Located in Australia's Snowy Mountains, it's a major hydroelectricity project that currently provides a third of all renewable electricity to Australia's eastern electricity grid. The project took decades to build and employed about 100,000 people from 30 different countries. It was completed in 1974, but since then has had no major extensions. But that could be about to change, with the Prime Minister this week revealing plans for a $2 billion extension to the scheme in what he has dubbed Snowy Hydro 2.0. The proposal comes amid a fierce debate in Australia over energy policy and the volatility of the country's electricity supply. So is the new Snowy Hydro scheme the answer for Australia's energy problems, and does the proposal itself hold water? Helping me answer these questions are three experts from the Australian National University. Professor Frank Yotso is an environmental economist at Crawford School of Public Policy, where he's also director of the Centre for Climate Economics and Policy. Dr. Matthew Stocks is a fellow at the Research School of Engineering, where he investigates energy storage and photovoltaic technologies. And Professor Ken Baldwin is director of the Energy Change Institute and deputy director of the Research School of Physics and Engineering. Here's what they had to say. Matthew, perhaps we can start with you. What exactly is being proposed here and what's been confirmed so far?
1: Uh, So what's being proposed is an expansion of the Snow Mountain scheme. Uh, But what's being done is something quite different to what's been done in the past. Rather than just let the water uh, run down the river, what's being proposed here is a, a storage facility, one where we pump water up the hill to store excess energy, and then when there's a shortage of energy, we let that water flow back down the hill. Um, And that way we can help balance out the imbalances that we see at the moment uh, in the grid. Um, When there are times of high energy use we tend to have a shortage of energy and then there are other times where we have an excess of energy. And storage is really important to help balance out those differences. Um, the, The system is very different to what else has been done in the past because it's going to depend on very, very large reservoirs. So there's a number of pump systems around Australia today but they're relatively small systems and are really used just for very small peaking this is going to be a much bigger system and it's going to be capable of storing a lot more energy.
0: So this is a big plan. Ken, could this be the answer to Australia's energy problems? It'll be one
2: component that uh, goes into the mix of uh, solutions, but uh, let's be clear what this is. Uh, This is not adding new generation capacity to the network Uh, What this does is it uses energy generated by other sources like renewables, stores them for a time when we need the energy and then puts it back into the system. So it's a storage system. Uh, What the entire energy system needs is a plan. And this plan has been lacking for over a decade. Uh, And this plan then needs to uh, address the decarbonisation of the energy sector over the next few decades and bring in new sources of renewable and low carbon energy to replace our current fossil fuel-based electricity system. And storage will be a component of that because it complements the intermittency of renewables.
0: Frank, perhaps we can turn to you. Yesterday we saw the rather unedifying spectacle of a clash between the uh, South Australian Premier Jay Weatherall and the uh, Federal Energy Minister Josh Frydenberg.
3: How does this proposal fit into Australia's current debate over energy policy? Look, Martin, what we've seen unfold over the last few months is a splendid example of the mess that Australia's energy and climate change policy has gotten itself into. Um, it is a highly politicised debate. Um, there's been policy flip-flops over the last uh, 10 years or longer and, and resulting very deep um, policy uncertainty, which has stifled investment in the energy sector. Um, and so, you know, when you look at the the proposal that uh, that was made this week, which is for effectively state and uh, uh, state-owned energy supply infrastructure, uh, then then perhaps that that is one of the ways uh, in the short term uh, out of that dilemma because, you know, private industry is finding it very difficult to invest without a stable and predictable policy framework. uh, And we haven't got that policy framework. So... In that sense, you know, it's, it's something that, uh, that is uh, certainly to be welcome because it is the kind of scheme that will be needed down the track to integrate the more variable uh, sources of renewable energy. Uh, there's certainly question marks over whether the model of state, uh, state ownership and, and taxpayer-funded investment uh, really is the best one for the long term. But uh, in, in the short term, you know, it's certainly a step forward. Ken, Frank touched on the funding there. How much is
0: this project likely to cost? I mean, are we talking tens of billions of dollars?
2: So the proposed cost of this program is $2 billion, I believe. Uh, But what uh, really should be asked is whether there are alternatives to uh, a large Snowy Mountain scheme type storage system. Uh, For example, uh, batteries, uh, off-river pumped hydro, which just simply requires a reservoir at the top of a hill and another reservoir at the bottom with a pipe and a turbine uh, in between, Uh, or indeed other forms of uh, energy storage. So uh, the feasibility study that uh, the Australian Renewable Energy Agency has been asked to uh, look into uh, will no doubt uh, put into perspective the Snowy Hydro proposal against these other forms of energy storage, and it may well stack up as being the best in the long run, uh, but that's yet to be shown.
0: So do you think the feasibility study might show that there are better better ways to do this and this, this scheme might not go ahead?
2: It- might show that there are potentially cheaper ways, but on the other hand, uh, the advantage of this very large-scale system is that it also adds other stability elements to the national grid. So, for example, the spinning turbines allow the frequency of the network to be stabilised because of the inertia in the system, Uh, and this is something that can be done very easily with a large snowy hydro-like scheme. Uh, and it's much harder to do with things like batteries. So there are advantages to uh, the Snowy proposal, uh, but again it remains to be seen whether other forms of energy storage will be cheaper.
0: Matthew, the first Snowy hydro scheme took 25 years and involved 100,000 workers, but the Prime Minister's office has claimed the extension could be built in four years.
1: Is that sort of time frame realistic? Um, so, So you're talking overall a much smaller project ...than the, the, the overall snowy hydro scheme. Uh, what we're talking about here is just building one tunnel. So it's going to be joining one of the upper reservoirs... ...probably Tantangara uh, in the snowy down to, to Bingo, So it's quite a long tunnel. It's probably going to be something around about 30 kilometres long. But it is just a single tunnel that needs to be built. Um, and so the time frame for that aspect of it is absolutely fine... And if they're starting at the, the lower end, which is where they're likely to, because that's where they're going to need to remove material so that they don't interact with the national park, then building the uh, generation facilities and the pumping station at, at the bottom end can occur in parallel with the tunnel. So I, I think that sort of time frame is 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 reasonable uh, if they can get the, uh, um, the the feasibility studies prove that the costs are going to be reasonable.
0: And presumably, the technology to actually drill those tunnels has come on some some in the in the time that's elapsed since the first NOAA Hydro scheme.
1: Uh, absolutely. And that scheme set records it. There's a, in terms of the speed at which they did the tunnelling and the, um, the distances that they tunnelled. Um, we have demonstrated that we can do those sorts of things. Um, so it's really just an extension of the sorts of things that was done as part of that process. But just as a one-off, it's going to be a single uh, facility, so it's going to be much smaller than the overall scheme.
0: Ken, Matthew touched on Kosciuszko National Park there, and several environmental groups have expressed concerns that the extension could cause damage to the park and the snowy and murray rivers. Are they right to be worried?
2: I don't think so uh, in terms of the water flow issue, because what we're talking about here is an energy storage scheme that re- basically recycles the water backwards and forwards between dams. So. No one's really proposing more release of water into the river system or less release of water. It's simply using the fact that the dams store the uh, energy in, in water higher up the scheme and then releasing it lower down. Uh, There might be impacts when it comes to, as Matthew mentioned, the building infrastructure side of things, Uh, but I think that those can be minimised. And as uh, Matthew pointed out, uh, one end of the tunnel is going to be outside the national park, so uh, that'll minimise the impact as well. So overall, given it's a tunnel being built underground and uh, a turbine being installed at one of the dams, the impact should be fairly low compared, for example, to building the snow scheme in the first place.
0: Matthew, the government is touting the scheme as a way to help make renewables more reliable. Uh, Should this be seen as good news for Australia's renewable sector?
1: Uh, Absolutely. I I think there's been a significant recognition of storage being a key enabler uh, of renewables. There's no question that uh, wind and PV are starting to dominate the uh, new install capacity around the world. Uh, The challenge there is that when the wind doesn't blow and the sun doesn't shine, we have a shortage of power and then we have an excess of power when the wind is blowing strong and the sun is shining. And storage is one of the key enablers to help balance out that difference between supply and demand. Um, There are other things that need to happen. We need to make sure we spread the wind and the PV broadly across the country so that we don't find that everything lands in one um, weather event. And the other thing that's really going to have to be looked at is transmission, and that is how we're going to share the electricity uh, between the different regions and in particular between the different states. And that's going to need a very different energy market to what we've seen today.
0: Frank, uh, turning to you, Matthew mentioned their states and sharing, uh, and sharing energy between them. Uh, but this announcement seems to have caught many by surprise. Uh, how optimistic are you that federal and state governments will be able to cooperate
3: effectively uh, on this scheme and in fact meeting uh, uh, Australia's future energy needs? Well, it's really easy to, to arrive at effective coordination and joint action between federal government and several state governments. But, um, you know, you need to see what the incentives are here. And the incentives are reliability of energy supply and ultimately the, the incentives are often financial as well, right? So talking about investment here that would need to be made by the federal government as well as the Victorian New South Wales government as joint owners of the, of the hydro scheme, Snowy Mountain hydro scheme. And we're talking about a scheme that will make money down the track and it will make its money by exploiting the differential between when, as, as Matt explained, um, there's plentiful renewable energy and the price in the spot market will be very low. Uh, and when there's a shortage of electricity, which storage schemes like this uh, can then fill and when the price will be high. And so uh, that does create future revenue flows, which uh, which will make it, make it attractive for everyone involved. Now, beyond that, um, it's a question of who gets what, right? And you asked about South Australia, it's not my understanding that this scheme is primarily aimed at South Australia it's really for the east coast right um and, uh, you know, one one very strong motivator for state governments, uh, in, including in the climate policy space, uh, is to create local economic activity and to do that in, you know, in sort of future-oriented activities. It's actually one of the benefits of decarbonising the electricity system. It's an enabler of investment, uh, and you're certainly going to see that, uh, and you're going to see that in a regional area uh, of, of southeastern Australia, uh, close to the border of the two states of Victoria and New South Wales, and uh, you would have thought that that would be attractive to both of those state governments
0: our final word perhaps if i can throw this open to all of you we hear the term nation building projects bandied around a lot and in fact the first snowy hydro scheme could probably be seen as a nation building scheme does this count as a nation building scheme
2: i think it's kind of an add-on to a, a former nation building scheme in that sense uh what we uh really do need though is a nation building scheme for the entire network and for the decarbonisation of that network over the next few decades. And if we can get the states and the federal government to agree on the way in which that happens, uh, if we can have a technology-neutral approach that allows all different prospects to feed into this plan, and if we do it in such a way that encourages uh, industry to be involved, which will necessarily mean, for example, introducing a price on carbon of some form... In order to retire the old coal-fired power stations and and other fossil fuel generators, and then bring on renewables and storage, uh, then I think we have a, a chance of reaching agreement.
0: It sounds like a lot of lot of ifs in in there. Are you optimistic that that can happen?
2: I'm optimistic because I think industry will drive this. Uh, I think government is lagging the commercial imperative to do this. And uh, indeed, we might see uh, around the world this being the main driver, as indeed uh, China has demonstrated, because it's now the world's largest producer of solar and
1: the world's largest
2: producer of wind.
1: So I see it really as a a foundation stone. It's starting to move things in the right direction. Um, Twelve months ago, nobody was talking seriously about storage. And yet here we have the Prime Minister making an announcement about a major network storage facility. Um, And so this is starting to push us in the right direction of where technology needs to change.
3: So as far as nation-building goes, we, we have a nation. I don't think we need nation-building. What we do need is is the building of a, of a low-carbon electricity system, uh, and this is this is one element of it. Uh, and, uh, you know, state-sponsored uh, state, state sponsored investment, however, in the long term will not be the answer, and so we'll, we'll need those stable regulatory market and policy frameworks that will enable and incentivize private investment.
0: Frank, Matthew and Ken, thanks for your time today.
3: Thank thanks. you. So
0: That was Frank Yotto, Ken Baldwin and Matthew Stocks. Big thanks to all of them for their time. So what do you think about Snowy Hydro 2.0? We're keen to hear your thoughts on it all. You can tweet us at Apps Policy Forum or find us on Facebook where we are Asia Pacific Policy Society. Policy Forum has some good pieces which take a look at energy issues and hydropower around the region. There are a few links for additional stuff you might want to read in the description of this pod. We've also put a link to video of that spiky press conference featuring the South Australian Premier and the Federal Minister. Next week, we return to our regularly scheduled programming with Policy Forum back again on Friday. And on that, we'll be taking an intriguing look at the impact that megacities might be having on our mental health and what policymakers can do about it. Stress-related or minor mental troubles produce a huge burden on the exchequer in terms of days lost at work, in terms of visits to the general practitioner, in terms of the use of pharmaceuticals to reduce stress and so on and so forth. So there is a real economic cost to these kinds of conditions if there's no other incentive there is a real economic incentive to begin to understand them and mitigate them until then don't forget you keep up to date with public policy issues throughout the region at policyforum.net cheerio